All right, what's up, gentlemen? We're live for another episode of the Playing to Win series. As you guys know, this is all about playing to win rather than playing not to lose, which might sound similar, but they are different. Uh, We're taking a slight detour from the entrepreneur-type business talks that I've had in the past, and uh, I'm joined by a guest today by the name of Abu American, who is a Muslim American, and he's got some experience with, uh, well, he's got a bit of a knack of living with multiple women, man. How you doing, brother? I'm good, thank you. Thank you, yes. So, <laughs> I do um, have a knack for it. <laughs> um, so we've got a bit of a show today. I got to apologize uh, for Tristan. It doesn't look like he's going to be able to make it. He um, originally committed, but it looks like he's got crap internet where he's at in the small hotel in Romania. So uh, I don't believe we'll be seeing him here today. But... We've got a lot coming your way with uh, Abu and uh, what's going on with that. So just real, real quick, I just want to shout out to um, the book launch that I just uh, hit today. So I'm going to throw that in the screen. It is now available on Amazon uh, pretty much anywhere in the world. On, in some places, it's still not quite available for print order just yet. Um, but here, I'll drop it in the chat. If you didn't catch the announcement or you're not on my email list, um, that's where you get it there. Um, looks like it's doing pretty good. You can grab it on Kindle or paperback. I will have an audible version, um, probably next year. I'm told it's quite the undertaking to, um, do the audio recording and the post-production and all that sort of stuff. So, um, it will be available hopefully by spring, summer of next year, but it is coming. It'll be available on Kobo, uh, Apple books, Google play, I think Ingram Sparks is another one that I'm working on. So it, it should be readily, readily available on pretty much every platform that you want to look at it. But there you go. It's there now if you want to grab it. Uh, less than 10 bucks on Kindle, uh, 14 bucks if it's paperback. So grab a copy. Christmas is coming. It's a great little gift for any man in your life or for yourself that might be struggling uh, with understanding the reality of the world. It's really just a collection of... Um, how can I put this? Uh, conversations that your dad should have had with you to unplug you from comforting lies and kind of set you up for the reality of the world. Stuff that I wish that I knew when I was 20. So just my own personal experiences. And I've close to a thousand guys now. So there's lots of uh, good information there. It's, it's, it's an easy read. You should be able to blast through it in a day. It's like 200 pages. Anyway, there's that there. Um, do we want to go with Abu or do you want to go with Craig? Uh, you can go ahead and call me Craig. It's, it's okay. I think it's okay. easier for everybody else. And Abu's, you know, it's kind of like calling me dad. So it's kind of like. All right. All right. <laughs> yeah. Let's go with the um, Batman origin story. So you're a Muslim American. How did, like, were you born into a Muslim family? Like, how did you, how did you get to that? And how did you end up in Germany? Man, um, ended up in Germany through the military and also how I ended up uh, becoming a Muslim. So uh, basically the first Gulf, Gulf War, you know, I was in Ramstein Air Force Base in Germany. Uh, that was basically, I think at the time it was CENTCOM, they were, you know, running the war from Ramstein and I was working there. A friend of mine, uh, he was a white, he's a white American. He became Muslim while he was stationed in Saudi Arabia. He came back, told me about Islam. And I was, you know, I was totally shocked because in my mind, I, I thought only like Arabs and brown people were Muslims. And so he started teaching me about Islam. I went to high school with this guy and then I, I became a Muslim. Yeah. So I'm the first fam- Muslim in my family. What is, um, what does the family think of the conversion? Uh, my family was okay with it. I mean, I'm I'm actually one of the few revert stories where the family didn't flip out and like you know sort of disown you or anything. I didn't really face a whole lot of like problems in that regard. So um, I feel blessed. <laughs> <laughs> so um, what? So what was it about Islam that 
attracted you to it? Like, did you just kind of look at it? Like these guys seem to have it figured out. They have a better rule book than I've been using or. Yeah. Yes. Like we say in German, yes and no. Um, I was kind of disillusioned if that's the right word with Christianity. I found a lot of problems with it uh, in terms of just, you know, some of the core beliefs. And so I just decided I was going to, I was going to be a person who believed in God, but not through, you know, religion. And so when Islam came along, it has like a, a science to it. And it also appeals to your spirituality because it is a belief. So mm -hmm. the science is behind it. There, there's multiple, uh, what do you call it? Fields in Islamic science uh, that appeal to my rationale. You know, and uh, the spiritual side, of course, is the belief. So it was very easy for me personally to believe mm -hmm. in Islam. And of course, with um, Islam, um, you've got the ability to have multiple wives. Um, Absolutely. Does that like I'm going to you're going to have to forgive me for being new, new at this because I'm not a particularly religious guy. So I'll probably be asking like basic type of questions that um, you've probably heard a thousand times. But, um, you know, for my own sake of clarity, for guys that are new to this watching, um, like the theme of the show is really there's like most of you guys probably don't know this unless you've read books like um, Alpha God, you've dove into a lot of Evo psych. But throughout his history, most successful top shelf alpha males that had access to uh, more resources often had more than one woman in their life, sometimes multiple wives, sometimes multiple wives with concubines. Um, in fact, here, let me throw up on the screen. Uh, I was talking to Craig about this before we went live, so add the stream. We got uh, Ishmael the Bloodthirsty, who was a, uh, he's actually in the Guinness Book of World Records, apparently, for siring the most children in the 1700s, I believe it was. If I go to marriages and concubines here, uh, he had four official wives, including, well, I'm not going to pronounce the names, but uh, famous for beauty, intelligence, do, 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 substantial. Uh, he had at least 500 concubines. Now, if you don't know what a concubine is, um, how would you describe concubine, Greg? Um, well, Islamically, that would probably be considered to be slaves. Uh, you know, Islamically, back in that time, slaves were allowed if you uh, the Islamic army conquered the land. They were allowed to take female slaves. So they would probably be considered in his time. They were probably considered property in that regard. Yeah. Um, total of 868 children, 525 sons, 343 daughters, and is recorded in 1703 with a 700 son being born shortly after his death in 1727. So this dude was working right up to his deathbed on, wow. uh, popping out children. Uh, by which time he had well now this is a little bit confusing because it because it goes from a total of 868 children to saying he had well over a thousand children uh the final total is uncertain but he's in the guinness book of world records and it claims 1042 um but the university of vienna puts the total at 1171. uh he's widely considered to have sired the largest number of children of any human in history although i'm not sure they're Taking into consideration, um, who was that Mongol? What was his name? Was it Attila? No, no, no not Attila the Hun. Um, oh, I know what you mean. You know who I'm talking about? He just yeah, tore yeah, across. Yeah, like yeah. something like two or three percent of human DNA today oh, can be traced back name? to that one man. The Mongol guy. He was. What was his name? They built a Great Wall of China Mongolia. to stop him. You guys know who I'm talking about. Put yeah, in the chat, chat. I'm sure you'll you'll all recall, but, um, this was not that uncommon. If you read a book like alpha God, there's many, many examples that have been, uh, portrayed throughout history where it was, it was totally, yeah. Genghis Khan. That's it. There, there you go. go. 
Um, there was many, many examples throughout history where uh, rich, successful guys would take on multiple wives, have multiple children, and often multiple concubines. In many cases, a lot of these concubines were uh, protected and guarded, including the wives, uh, by eunuchs. And if you don't know what a eunuch is, uh, if you haven't seen Game of Thrones, that's a man where they cut off the uh, reproductive organs. So it's it's just kind of a uh, it at the end of the day. But um, yeah, this is this is something that's kind of been forgotten, if we're being honest. And I I actually find it fascinating today that we have like billionaires out there. You know, the equivalent of what would have uh, processed them throughout time. Guys like Jeff Bezos. Um, Steve Jobs, uh, you know, Bill Gates, like, you know, name after name after name, like all these super wealthy guys. And they have one wife and like three kids, or two kids, a Facebook guy. Yeah, I find it a mystery, too, man. I don't get it. Yeah. So you get into um, so you get into Islam. You've got uh, married. How many how many wives and children do you have right now? Uh, I have nine children and currently I have two wives, but it looks like I'm about to up the game on the wives. So I probably will be taking on a third very okay. soon. OK, OK. Yeah. How does that how does that work with the wife situation when you take on new wives? Um, you know, I, before I used to introduce them, I mean, just going on like, you know, when I'm about to get married, I usually introduce them before I get married. But now I just stop doing that because generally they all panic when you marry again. And so what happens is you end up dealing with the, 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 the temporary stress and emotions that they go through but without the benefit of having an extra wife. So I stopped introducing me at this point. I just, I go out and do it. And I tell them, I say, hey, look, I'm going, I'll be gone for three days. Um, and when I come back, I'm gonna have another wife. So boom, mm -hmm. that's basically how it goes. Do you end up dating other women while you're married? Uh, generally don't date, uh, you know, I'll chat to them here or there, you know, online or whatever else. I'll, I'll meet women, you know, just to see what they're, you know, they're really like running through some tests, you know, I, I do a whole betting system, but in terms of dates, I don't really, you know, mess around with dates. I mean, mm, some people okay. call that dates if you meet them. I, I don't know, but it's not in the sense that we understand in the West. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, if I'm moving into areas that are offside, just, you know, let's cast the question aside, but I mean, like, is there sex before marriage? Like, how does that work? No, um, generally, generally, no, it's okay. some people do it. Uh, apparently I, I do some one-to-one -one sessions with people who, you know, do that, but Islamically it's not considered to be correct. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's considered one of the major sins in Islam to like have sex outside of marriage. Okay. So, um, according to the rules, which most people follow, um, yeah, you just meet and then you get married and then you get the action on. Mm -hmm. it, you know, it's interesting cause, um, when you kind of start working in the space and you talk to a lot of guys, you, I mean, I'm not surprised by it. I don't even think I was surprised by it when I came across it, if I'm being honest, but there's a lot of guys out there that run game on multiple women, whether it's, um, marriage, girlfriends, spinning plates, um, yeah. openly or not, you know, whatever. But, um, there's a lot of it that goes on out there. I think it's in human nature to begin with i think well i mean we already know that women are more than happy to share a high value alpha and would rather do that than be straddled with a faithful loser um Absolutely. how do you how do you deal with drama between multiple women in your life because i saw a post that you did on twitter it was months ago and i think you broke mm. their phones because they were <laughs> yeah. some drama on like social media or something yeah 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 sometimes about that a little bit yeah, I mean, generally, uh, withdrawal of attention, you know, time and attention is, is something that uh, I do. You know, but when that doesn't work and they get spooled up, 
you know, for lack of a better term, then uh, I, I got to become a little bit more proactive and just take away their means or whatever the source is of that drama and cut it off. In this regard, you know, uh, one of my wives was my current wives actually don't like them like each other. This is a, a unique situation. And uh, so they have some online. And I, I really I really don't like it. It's just, you know, it's, it just doesn't look good whether people are battling online individually. But when two wives are doing it, it's even worse. And so, you know, she she went out of bounds, went off reservation. And, uh, you know, since she wouldn't stop, uh, I took away her means of being online and I, I, I destroyed her electronics. You know, mm. I'm not going to do like kids and hide it and put it up on a high shelf where she can't reach it. It's like there has to be some sort of consequences. And yeah, mm. she paid for it. And I, I just like, look, OK, fine. That's it. Uh, so yeah. when when a few because i'm not going to be violent with a woman in general so i mean she has yeah. to understand it's like uh you're freezing up bro you know what um kill your video feed uh okay yeah maybe i should do that should just yeah just just do that for a bit see if the bandwidth frees up yeah yeah that's better so, free. so just back up about five seconds because your audio clipped and your screen froze yeah, uh, contrary to popular belief, you know, beating up on women and stuff is not really a thing in Islam. Uh, <laughs> it is grounds for like her to, you know, seek a divorce. So, um, you know, I had to take other means to let her know. It's like, you know, I do run the show here. And, uh, you know, if you're not going to play by the rules, then we're going to have to take, you know, extraordinary measures to, uh, you know, bring things under control, which was sent her back to her parents. You know, that was the next step. But, you know, really? Yeah, yeah. I'm, you know, there's if you don't to... behave, I'm going to turn this car around and drop you off at your parents' house, sort of thing. That's it, man. Yeah, that's it. Wow. You know, okay. There's a lot of women out there. I don't have to deal with drama from one. <laughs> so, anytime there's drama in your relationship, you know, with your wives, you know, you can basically say, "Look, you know, if we don't tighten this up, then you're going back to your parents' house." Absolutely. And then what happens? Generally, to the children? do they stay with you? Do they go with the mother? Uh, in this current day and age, they usually go with the mother. But Islamically, um. After a certain age, the children should be with the father. Um, but at the very young age, age uh, there's a, as far as I know, there's different opinions, but we're between like five to 11, the, depending on who you ask. Okay. You know, but I've made it clear at this point with my current wife, if anything ever happens, my son's staying with me because, you know, there's a house full of girls and he's the first boy and I'm not going to have him, you know, growing up around a bunch of estrogen and, you mm -hmm. know, try and emulate it. It's not going to happen to him. How, how, um, how difficult was it was it for you to adjust to living with multiple women prior to Islam? Dude, that's a steep learning curve. <laughs> I first tried it in, in Qatar. No experience whatsoever, you know, and um, I had two women who had a semi dislike for each other. And I had a third that was living in Germany. And uh, that was really really uh, that actually brought me on to my whole journey that's how i ran into like you know uh rollo and uh you know the manosphere and everything mm -hmm. because by definition of western understanding of what a man's supposed to be doing that lovey dubby guy that pays all the bills and all that stuff i was doing everything right but everything was still going wrong and so that that was tough i, I don't advise anybody if you don't have any experience you know um with multiple women running game and then multiple relationships do not just try and like you know hey I'm good with women, you know, so let me grab two and put them in the same house or, you know, run an open game. I don't advise it. You know, this is something that takes practice time. You know, you want to talk to other people who've done it before. It's not a sales pitch. I'm just saying find somebody who does game like that and talk to them. It doesn't have to be me, or, but, you know, it's not something to mess around with. You can really if you think if you have a hard time with women in the drama of one woman, multiply it by two or three or whatever else. It, it can make you crazy.
you know? <laughs> yeah, like that's the thing that I hear often from guys that are running multiple women simultaneously, whether they're married, whether they're girlfriends, whether they're having just children with them. Um, it's, it's like, yeah, they hate each other. And I often wonder, like, are we just complicating our lives as men by inviting this into our day to day now? I mean, like the, like the world we live in today is not Ishmael, the bloodthirsties. Like he would, like he would just off somebody if you felt like it, right? You know, <laughs> True. you know, he's running a harem of like 800 concubines and siring over a thousand children. He's got like a military that's like collecting all these beautiful women and bringing them back to him sort of thing. And he's assigning eudicts to them. It's like, this is a slightly different time today, right? Like I'm wondering yeah. how is it that, that this works in this environment, especially when we have this toxic version of feminism that's unavoidable. I mean, it's going to reach all women that's going to tell them, you know, don't do anything for the express pleasure of men. You know, yeah. uh, you know, you are worth the same as men. You're exactly, you know, the same as men. You're identical to men. There's no difference between the two of you. And there's all this blending of all this sort of stuff. Like, I'm just wondering how that all works for you today. Because that must have been a, I mean, you said it was a steep learning curve, but talk, but talk about that a little bit more. Do you have some stories that you can share? Um, yeah, well, what I did was I got married. I, I was married to a Kenyan girl and I actually picked her up in Kenya and I brought her back to my place and I, I met a Somali girl. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, drop dead, beautiful Somali girl. And, uh, so I was going to get married. I didn't mention it to anybody, not out of fear. I just going back to the principle that I'm following now, you know, just do it and don't talk to them about it. So basically I went and I got married and I, t I told the Kenyan girl, I said, look, I'm going to get married. I'll be gone for three days because that's what the she was previously married. So non-virgins get three days. A virgin gets seven days. So I said, I'll be back in three days. So I took I took my new wife and we stayed in a hotel, took her around, you know, little marriage. What do you call it? Um, uh, what is that thing called when you when you get married? Um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> honeymoon, honeymoon. There, there you go. <laughs> so I took her on a little like honeymoon and then uh, her home. And it was just kind of like, you know, OK, here she is. And then here's your co-wife because the Somali girl didn't even know I was married, you know. So mm -hmm. on the way to the house, I said, hey, look, you know, um, we're about to go into a situation here and I'm going to need you to like, you know, cooperate and whatnot and, you know, think about the situation. And then she's like, well, what is it? And I was like, yeah, well, you got a co-wife. She's here, you know, and uh, she thought we were like all going to be in the same room or whatever else. I had a, a massive villa. So there's some brief drama where she like freaked out, you know, but really it went smooth you know i put her in her apartment you know and they were combined in terms of the kitchen and some of the the common areas but otherwise it was big enough to where they wouldn't run into each other but the problem started when i went to work and then they would start hanging out with each other and trading stories and you know and all this other stuff and then i come back and it was clear at that point that they were like you know plotting you know i don't know what to what ends or avail but you know they were like just running their little games on me back and forth and trying to get the higher up position uh, in my eyes and in my heart amongst one another and using me as like the middleman. So it was sort of like trying to, they were, they're trying to play me. And uh, when I wouldn't fall for it, they would start drama. And usually I didn't fall for it. Despite saying, you know, I did everything right. And I was kind of playing a sort of a beta game at, at, at my core. I was still good with women. And so I was kind of like, you know, something's off here. And I just, I'd go back to my whole, you know, personal frame and just lock it up, lock everything down emotionally and, you know, socially and be like, look, no, this is what we're going to do. And this is how it happened. And uh, that would cause more drama because I didn't know how to deal with women and their emotions like I do now. And so I would actually wind them up even more as opposed to bringing everything down and controlling the situation. And it just it, it, it happens rapidly, you know, to the point that actually um, knife, uh, there was a knife fight at one point. <laughs> And uh, I got cut, you know, trying to break it up. Uh, it was it was crazy. The police they were came, everything. With each other with knives. Yeah, they were fighting with 
years and uh, I involved and I was actually an officer in the Qatari military, a civilian, you know, officer in the Qatari military. So the police were involved, national, not national, you know, security forces for the military got involved. My Kenyan wife got deported. It was it was a real crazy drama, almost messed up my life there. You know, it was really bad. Wow. Okay. So um, were these women Muslim when you met them or did you convert them over? The Somali was a uh, was was you know born and raised upon Islam. They have like a ninety eight percent you know Muslim population in Somalia. The Kenyan was a revert, you know, and so was my German wife. She was a revert. Yeah. Okay. But in Kenya, they have polygyny. That's even for the non Muslims there. It's pretty common that the women have. I mean, the men have multiple women. So yeah, it wasn't like you a said big that you had a German wife. Her. So you've got two wives right now. Did you lose one or did something change? Yeah, lots changed in between then. From that moment on till now, dude, I've married and divorced so many women because I'll just pull the trigger on women nowadays. I'll get married and I'll divorce them like if they just start bringing a bunch of drama because a lot of negative attributes that I wouldn't want to experience again personally as a man came out of me dealing mm -hmm. with those women in Qatar. Um, and so now I'm just like, look, if you if you bring that out of me, I'm just you got to go. I mean, I, guys might want to crap on me for it, but I'll, I'll be honest. I, I actually became physically... Yeah, I came hands on with women. We know what I'm talking about. You know, it's not it's not something that you feel good about as a man, especially when you didn't grow up in a household looking at dysfunctionality like that. Mm -hmm. You know, so but I came to find that these women, they grew up in that household. For, so for them, it was common. What was fortunate was the law in Qatar, because it's the Middle East, is always on your side as a man. You could Superman punch a woman and they're just like, yeah, whatever. That's a personal thing. Y'all going to have to deal with that on your own. You know, uh, so just now I just get rid of women when it, when they bring me to that level of anger. So I've been married and divorced too, too many times since then. But it's it's been I've been using each one as a learning experience. And that's why I put out my guide to like, you know, what type of women to look for, what not to look for, because I've seen it all really. OK, so so how many wives have you had? <sighs> Total. No, I'm thinking here. I know my video's off. <laughs> eleven or twelve? Yeah, yeah like eleven or twelve. 12 yeah. Mary, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's okay. been a lot, man. It's, yeah. Okay, so you, okay, so you had a dozen wives roughly, but you got two right now that you're still with. How, how long have these yeah. two been with you? Uh, my first wife, four years coming up on five. The second one, two years. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And what about the children? Like, did you have any kids with the other uh, ten odd women too? Yeah, one of them uh, I had kids with immediately. It was a Yemeni girl in Lemon, uh, in Lemon, in London. Uh, she uh, she got pregnant very quickly, uh, mm. and uh, I have a daughter in London. Uh, I still talk to her online, but I have you know because of the whole Rona stuff, I don't go see her that often. Yeah, so yeah, but yeah, I had children with um, my current wife, Indonesian wife. I have two children, six with my ex, and uh, one with the Yemeni girl. Yeah. Okay. And do you normally keep them in the same house or do you have se like separate apartments, separate houses for them? Like, how do you normally run that? Well, uh, my sons and whatnot and my daughter, they come up here regularly. My ex-wife that I had six kids with, she's my neighbor. Literally, she lives like we live in a split house and she's my neighbor. She lives in the next house in the same building. And so my kids are over here with my other kids from my Indonesian wife regularly. Like today, me and my son, we were doing some MMA training and, you know, he was a little brother from my current wife it's, it's it's you know they see a difference they just see siblings and that's how i raised them actually so yeah how does yeah. that how does that work out for you like if you're living with two of your wives you got an ex-wife next door to you with a few of your kids as well like what's that like it, it, it it's good and it's bad i mean there was a point before my ex-wife got married that you know she would literally do anything for me you know so like she would go to the airport and pick up 
I have, I have a Polish ex-wife who's Muslim, who is Muslim. Mm. And she would pick her up from the airport for me when I was working and I didn't have time to pick her up. But at the same time, it was bad because she would start, you know, telling her stories from the past that she, as a woman, maybe saw harmless. You know, you never know. You know, like to sabotage and play those little social games. Mm. And that would like bring up, you know, questions with the Polish girl that, um, you know, just like, what you, it's not your concern. What are you asking me this goofy stuff for? That was a really good relationship because, uh, you know, she fit in the household really well. And, you know, it was it was great to have, like, you know, multiple women walking around the house, skimpy clothes and all that stuff. It was great, man. But yeah, bad is bad. And she had to go. She was a bad apple. unfortunately. So um, do you do any vetting before you marry these women? Because, I mean, you're I mean, I don't want this to come off as sounding disparaging, but I mean, you're not batting very good when it comes to success with <laughs> wives. you've got like, you know, like 10 or 12 ex-wives. Um, like, is there any vetting that's involved beforehand or is this like a skill that you've kind of like learned over time to try to, you know, um, deal with not having the negative consequences along the way? Some of both. I mean, generally I did some vetting um, and some women like the Polish woman, you know, she, she was really good at hiding who she really was. Um, other times I was like, you know what? I know this is a bad idea. Let me go see if I can do it. And I, I tell my guys all the time I do it. So, you know, I try everything so you don't have to. And sometimes I'm just like, I know it's a bad idea. And I'm like, maybe let me see if I can actually flip this situation. Let me see if there's actually an alternative here that will work. And generally, no, it doesn't work, you know? Um, <laughs> so yeah, some of it's experimentation other times, you know, it's just one slips under the radar, but yeah, I do, I do do vetting and, uh, I've, you know, I've, I've struck out more women than I've married. Mm. I've, I've written off hundreds, if not more of women than I've actually married. It's, it's, uh, I just, I just struck four off a list last week, you know, um, just for, what is it called? The uh, goat, not ghosting, but when, uh, you know, you set up a meeting and then they, you know, they flaking for flaking. You oh, know, so flaking, like, okay. Yeah. So. All right. Um, yeah. yeah. I want to talk a little bit more about the vetting. I know that you have a, like a course on it um, yeah. based on your experiences. But if we can get some of those details, that'd be awesome. Let me just grab these chats here because I got a few channel members that just joined. So welcome, Tiago. And welcome, uh, Brophius Maximus, who just left a comment, which I'm sure you've heard before he says my bs meter broke like 20 minutes ago i can assure you that craig's a real deal uh i've talked to him a number of occasions on different lives and i've watched some interviews that he's done and followed him on social for quite a while but why did why do people call bs on these stories for you like is it just because it's too far out there for them like like what do you think it is yeah, I, I talked about this. You see this a lot in the Islamic community amongst Muslim men. And the concept and the idea that a guy can actually like have multiple women and happy to live with you and happy to be with you, it's alien to them because it's not their experience with women. And so mm -hmm. they have a very difficult time like thinking and believing that that's possible for someone else, especially if they believe they're better than you. And mm -hmm. most people online, they have that idea, you know, if he can do it, I can do it better. And I can't imagine being able to do that. There's no way that guy can do it. It's just, you know. It's limitations, self-limitations, mm -hmm. and uh, there's not much you can really do about it. You just keep, keep living your life. And they, I mean, the proof is on my channel. I'm literally in this house that, uh, that uh, you can see it in the background. You can hear my women. I don't put them on camera. You can hear those, us all in one room having a conversation live. I mean, so mm -hmm. it's not like the proof isn't there. The receipts are there. It's just go, ch go check them out. You know, the videos are still up. Yeah. You mentioned your uh, YouTube channel. What's it called? Just so people can find it. 
Yeah, Abu American, which Abu okay. American. Yeah. Okay, so just drop the dot com, plug that into YouTube, and you'll find his channel. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So talk a little bit about the vetting stuff. Like, um, you know, can you give us one or two examples of maybe tests that you issue or what it is that you look for when you're vetting for women to bring to invite into your life on a more permanent basis to, you know, cohab with you and other women? Yeah. You know, one, one of the tests actually, uh, I got from your channel, man, <laughs> you know, you're doing, mm -hmm. you showed like how the, the, if she opens the door for you type of thing, you know, in the car, mm -hmm. um, so um, one thing I came up with was like uh, holding my stuff. So and it comes with a pretty heavy backpack. I carry it. It's, you know, it's a lot of equipment. So one thing I'll do is I'll just fake like I have to go to the back. And this is sort of like the will she lock the door for you type thing. And so one girl, I was like, you know, hold this for me. I went to the bathroom, you know, made a couple phone calls, you know, talked to a couple of girls. I came back out and I just made her carry my stuff around just to see how she, you know, how she'd respond. Mm -hmm. And she didn't complain. She didn't like, here, take this off me or whatever else, you know. I, it sounds very simple. Like, you know, like, what the heck? How is that anything? But it just shows what she's willing to go through for you as a man to carry around your heavy, bulky stuff, you know, on a hot day and not complain about it. Another girl, I asked her to hold my hat. And she's like really freaked out, like, no, what? Ew, what are you? And so I was like, oh, wow, okay. You know, I, it was simple. It was it was my hat on a winter day, and uh, I just asked her to hold it. So I, the same bathroom trick, but I didn't have anything heavy with me. And mm -hmm. her just freak out, you know, was like, uh, <laughs> was really clear. And it turned out she was really actually a bad person, too, you know. It took a couple more meetings to figure it out. But at that point, I was like, wow, okay. Oh, yeah. So I'll put them under some sort of emotional pressure, stress, or whatever else, and see how they respond to it. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've, I've told the story before, um, about this guy that I, I mean, I was, uh, carpooling with him for about an hour, hour and a half going up to a lake house party a few years ago. And he was a Muslim guy from Indonesia and he was telling me about the process that he used to vet women for, uh, you know, a girlfriend slash marriage. And what he would do is on the first date was he'd invite him over and assign a task to them, like folding laundry or organizing his closet or some shit like that on a nice. first date. I was like, how did that work out? He goes, worked out pretty good. Cause my, you know, my current wife, she's been with me for a while. Everything's awesome. You know, she's totally my frame standard sort of stuff. But yeah, I find it interesting because it's, because it's unconventional. And most guys, when they hear it, they're like, Oh, how can you do that? That's, that's, that's too, that, that's too much. That's, you know, it's way out there. It's like, okay, well, you know, just, you know, you got to be open to other ideas. You know, I have to tell guys yeah. that, you know, a lot of us are looking for answers and the solution to just about every problem that we experience in life has already been found. And it's often not, you know, within your realm of knowledge, it's just somewhere else. So, yeah. you know, I like having these conversations with people just to hear what they're all about and what they do with things. Like, I just think it's fascinating. Um, yo, welcome to the channel. Uh, Juan Francesco Alonzo. Uh, new channel member looks like we're pulling in a few new channel members uh today nice. by the way guys when you become a channel member um you know sometimes when i'm popping out videos there's like a thousand two thousand comments i don't have time to go through them all but i always do sort the comments by channel membership so if you ask a question about something you're watching in the video that that needs clarity i will find it and i will answer it so that's another perk to joining the channel membership um Here's an interesting comment from a guy uh, from the channel. He says, having a bunch of kids in broken families is the same thing as what happens in the West. So I guess he's arguing that because you've got 12 wives and nine kids and, and some of them are with ex-wives. Like, how does that like how does that work in Islam? Um, are you like, do you end up going through the divorce machine? Are you paying ridiculous amounts with child support, with alimony and all that? Or you just kind of work it out through the religion? No, religiously, a woman is not uh, is not entitled to um, alimony. 
she doesn't get any support. She she's allowed to stay with you for three months. Uh, Islamically, it's called her Idda. She has three months, and then she has to leave your house. You shouldn't kick her out. She stays three months, but you're divorced, and then um, she's got to go. But after that, there's nothing. She doesn't get any payments. She doesn't get anything like this. You do take care of your children, obviously. They're your children. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I think that any man should want to do that in general. I mean, <laughs> why did you have them? You know, but uh, otherwise, there's no obligation on you as a man whatsoever to the woman once the, the marriage is over. Financially, emotionally, nothing. That's it. She's she's now considered to be uh, like a, a, they, we call it non-Muslim, non-Mahram. That means like she's she's a stranger to you. And, right. and that's in all ways, you know. So, OK, so yeah, um, how do you deal with the risk with like if if religion deals with the divorce component with um, financial resources, how do you deal with the stuff outside of that with the state? Because I assume in, in Germany, because it's a Western country, it's probably mm-hmm. quite hostile towards fathers and um I guess she would have a legitimate petition to go to family court and get child support tabled payments issued. Like here, for example, I suppose if I was Muslim and I had multiple wives, some of them might have been, you know, divorced and I've got a bunch of kids. If we split up and I tell her to take a hike and I say, look, you know, the child needs whatever $500 a month. I'm going to take care of that. Don't worry about it. Everything will be covered. But the child support tables based on my income say that she might get $4,000 from me. Like, how do you deal with that um, struggle that she's got in her head? Because women are solipsistic, they're hypergamous, they always want, you know, what's best for them, of course. So why would she abandon her right to $4,000 a month and just settle on the 500 because of religion? Like, how do you deal with that part? Well, I mean, actually, it works. Uh, You know, there are... let me be clear. You can get caught up in the child support mill of the West. That's that's an absolute fact. Okay. Uh, a lot of families, not all, obviously, but a lot of families, it's, it's more a matter of shame, you know, um, <laughs> for that to happen. So you find that a lot of times it doesn't like my ex-wife in London. She doesn't ask me for a dime because that's just part of the religion. You don't it, it, guys don't take this wrong, but it's a simple fact of the matter is Muslims believe in general. You shouldn't go to non-Muslims for like help and laws and rules and whatever else. It's considered something shameful. Why do we have, we believe in Allah is the master of everything. And now we're going to turn to somebody that he himself created for, you know, laws and rules and whatever else. So generally it's considered a matter of shame to actually go to the, you know, the court system of the non-Muslims, you know, to get you to do something that you should be doing already. So mm-hmm. it can backfire on them to go to the courts and it can backfire on you to not, you know, meet your obligation. Your obligation isn't very heavy, obviously, you know, um, but. Nonetheless, if you don't do it, it, it can backfire on you because, we, you know, as Muslims, we do belong to communities and, it, you know, we do use social shame. You know, it applies to me. It applies to other people. And so uh, that's something that still exists in Muslim communities. It can follow your name, you know, in a bad way, no matter where you go in the world. So, you know, uh, it tends to work itself out. But you do have families that will go to the court and, you know, it sucks to be you if it happens, just like it does okay. anyone else, you know. OK, so I mean, like the risk is there. I mean, she could get the bug in her ear from Absolutely. her girlfriend saying, hey, do you know, girl, you can get four thousand dollars a month if you do this, that and the other thing, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, wow, really? I can go do that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but if she comes from. Yeah, if she comes I mean, from I would imagine intact- the risk drops if you're living in a yeah. in a more father friendly place. Right. I mean, if you're living somewhere yeah. that's a Muslim country, you know, like why stay in Germany? I know that we talked a little bit about this before we launched, but why stay in Germany? I mean, um, the kids from my ex-wife uh, are, okay. you know, um, I have six kids here. Well, not yeah. well, not six anymore, but it's four. And so I'm just here to be around them and, uh, you know, help uh, help them because they're all they're mostly boys. And I have yeah. a daughter and uh, it's just not good to have them out here in, in the society as we know it right now, uh, trying to figure it out on their own. So I'm here to help them, you know, and that's it. 
and I have no other reason to be here. I actually don't like it anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. yeah, I totally get it. Um, did you ever see that Netflix series? I think they ran it for one series. I can't remember what it was called, but it was about these, um, I don't know. It's out in Salt Lake or Utah. Um, what's that religion where they have multiple wives, but it's Christian. Like Mormons? Or something? Mormons. Yeah, it was Mormons. And they live in this rock. There's like this uh, cavernous rock and towards the bottom, there's like this cutout with all these homes in it. They're kind of built into the rocks. And it's, you know, it's a community of, it looks like something like, I don't know, maybe 30 to 50 homes or something like that. And they all have multiple wives, like five, six, seven wives in some cases living in the same house with like 15, 20, 25 kids in some cases, but lots, lots going on. Did you ever see that series? Uh, no, actually I didn't. I, believe it or not, I haven't had, I mean, I have a TV, but I don't watch it. Uh, so yeah. I haven't watched actual TV in, in decades. Oh, be good honest. for you. Yeah. You're better off that way. But I mean, <laughs> sometimes they like to zone out to a series. But anyway, so the, the long and short of it is, is that in that culture, like in that religion, in that zone, it's, it's really a bunch of beta males, uh, who have, um, multiple wives and multiple children as a function of religion, because they all subscribe mm -hmm. to the same narrative. So it works for them, but it's, I mean, I can't think of a word to describe it other than really cringe. Like it's like, it's just cringy to watch these oh. guys fighting with all these women constantly, the women fighting with each other constantly. Um, is that, is that what it's generally like? Like, is that the uphill battle that you are always going to have to tackle with it? Um, I made a tweet a while back and I said, women are like epileptic terrorists, emotional epileptic terrorists. <laughs> <laughs> at some point they're going to have a seizure and a fit or they're going to go off the reservation I, I think all women whether you're monogamous or you have multiple women they're, it's just part of who they are and their function as emotional creatures that they go off the reservation at some point mm -hmm. so if it's a constant problem then you really you really need to look at the relationship on a whole and where you're running your game wrong but mm -hmm. in general things should be smooth I mean as long as I keep these two women apart I have a wonderful wonderful marriage. I mean, I wish it, wonderful marriage is. I wish yeah. I, I, you know, I had that with this, my ex, I call her Becky, uh, because, you know, I could actually have them in the same house. I think I'd have knife fights again in this particular regards. So it really shouldn't be like, you know, a bunch of battles and chaos and emo you shouldn't be arguing with women anyway. I don't know who the hell does that or why, but, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, it, it really shouldn't be uh, a rough ride. It should be pretty smooth, you know, uh, unless you're doing something wrong or you pick the wrong woman that can also happen. You can do the right thing with individual women and then not look at how she's going to fit in with the other woman, because that's mm -hmm. also a factor you need to look at when you're having a, you know, a harem of women. How does she fit in with other women? Not just you, because if you're going to have them you know, as multiple women and you're going to you know, run that as, in my regard, in my case, as a family, then it's going to, you know, you got to be a little bit smarter than just like, oh, but she responds really well to me. You have to look at how she responds and cooperates with her co-wife also. So if you don't take those steps, you're going to have a, a hell of a battle and mm. uh, you're not going to figure out why, because they're doing their women catfight thing and you're not a woman. And so you shouldn't understand what's going on uh, or you let me rephrase that. You should understand what's going on, but you're not going to be able to fix it. And uh, if you do pay attention and you do it right, then you should have a very peaceful situation. There's no reason why you should have multiple women and like a bunch of problems. It actually gets easier mm -hmm. uh, if you did your homework right. Yeah. And when it comes to uh, stuff like uh, um, intimacy, for example, do you, like, is it one woman at a time? Do you guys all get together at the same time and just like, you know, chop it up? Like, how does that normally work for you? Or does it just depend on the women that are in your life at the time? Yeah, one woman at a time. It's not it's not Islamically allowed to, you know, 
do the menage a trois, I think it's called. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. As long so as be like, you have like a schedule, it's like, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you're with wife one and Sunday through, you know, the rest of the week you're with wife two. Like, how do you do that normally? You could break it up how you want to. I mean, uh, you sleep there, own, there's three. Own room. Do you, you sleep in your own room? You like, do that do you too. Do? <laughs> <laughs> Usually what I do is I do one night on one night off. So generally my thing is like, you know, up until sunset, it's your day. And then the next day, the next girl gets that. It's your day up until sunset. And then I switch, which some people, some guys, they do three days. Some guys do two days, but generally I like to, you know, switch it up every night. It's like, that's why I got multiple wives. I want, you know, I want to enjoy that as much as possible. So is that the best part of it? Like the variety? It, it definitely helps. You know, I mean, I think, I think, I mean, I'm pretty sure you, you know, you're good with game or whatever else. After a while, women become women, you know? So mm-hmm. it's just kind of like, yeah, yeah, all right, good. You got that. You, every woman's got that, you know, you got to do a little bit better. So, um, yeah, but that, that, that helps. That does help having the variety. Absolutely. Got it. So, so, uh, so you said earlier, I don't know, it was like 20, 25 minutes ago, but, but you said earlier that you kind of were brought to the red pill into like Rolo's work because of your early experiences getting involved yeah. with multiple women in your marriage. Like what, what was it that you needed to solve? Like what lessons did you learn from the red pill? I guess. Man, that's a lot, dude. I mean, you could fill up the show with this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I learned a whole lot, you know, um, that's why I love Rolo so much, man. I love that guy to death, man. Cause uh, he really kicked the code for me. Let me say, I, I, I would get into relationships. I kind of had alpha game. I, for lack of a better term, we're just going to use that term because that's the term everybody understands, even if it's derided nowadays. I had a lot of alpha game and I did really well with women. But when I got into a relationship, I'd go really beta, not really beta, but I'd kind of like, you know, soften up and sort of like let down my guard. And so reading Rolo's work actually like cleared up what I was doing wrong. And so we know that this book is not really prescriptive, but I could use it prescriptively in terms of my actions because I understood what was happening. So in terms of the relationship, the first I was running multiple wives, like I was running a single one from like a, a sort of like a beta frame. And it was just all I was doing is amplifying all the problems that a man in a beta frame has in a relationship with a woman times three. Mm-hmm. And it was, dude, I ended up in a cardiac hospital. I was so stressed out. You know, it was so important for me to get it right. No, I'm, I'm not even joking, man. And uh, I was in a hospital. Hey, dude, I'm totally believing you here. Like, I'm not laughing at you. Trust <laughs> me, I'm laughing with you on this one. Yeah. So, I, you know, after I got out of the hospital, I kind of went crazy mad alpha on him. And this is when my firing streak started, you know, and I was like, look, I said, when I get out of this hospital, if you don't follow the rules, you're gone. And right. I stuck to my word on that. And I mean, I had, I just fired all three of them, like within like six months, they were gone, all of them. And I, that's when my process of like, you know, marrying and like starting to like, you know, really figure out that you got to pick these women, you know, accordingly and correctly. That's when my entire process started. And yeah. uh, I ran into the manosphere, you know, I, I think the first guy I ran into was like Corey Wayne. Uh, his work was, you know, the 3% man was kind of some nice work, but then I ran into Rolo and that was it, man. That just closed the yeah. deal, you know? Yeah, yeah, far, far yeah. better work over there. Uh, I got a super chat yep. here from Neo. He says, the Unplugged Alpha currently reading. Thank you, sir, Bomber Command. Yeah, it's uh, it's an uncomfortable book of a lot of uh, cold hard truth bombs. It's um. It's for guys, you know, I get a lot of, well, not a lot, but I get some women that have messaged me like, oh, I'm going to get a copy too. I'm going to woman's like, nope, don't buy it. If you have sons, maybe <laughs> yes, give it to them, but it's not for women. This is, this is a book for men to help clear their mind. And so, you know, the kind of stuff that, you know, Craig was talking about earlier, you don't invite into your world and end up in a, you know, with a cardiac issue in the hospital. Yeah, absolutely, man. Shit. Oh man. Um, <laughs> no, I like this conversation. Um, 
we got it like another 15 minutes or so before we should probably start wrapping up but um okay what do we like what are we missing here with with this conversation like what should guys know that they don't know when it comes to running harem game with multiple women um <laughs> go ahead what should they know that they don't know That's that they think question. they know but they really don't know until they start running it aside from the drama and the stress <laughs> component that still exists <laughs> It's easier than you think. That's something that most guys don't know, but they should know. Most guys don't know that. Uh, having multiple women is actually not a complicated issue. More women than most men would believe are okay with being in a harem. You know, something that incredulous to most men, it's really not. I find that pleasing in tune of like 70% of the women I talk to are completely okay with it. And then you'll have like maybe 10% who are not and the rest, everything in between then, it, 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 they, they're just, they need convincing, not convincing, but you know, they're just sort of like on the fence, like, oh, well, I don't know. I've never, I've never really dealt with anything like this, you know, but hey, man, the bar is so low with men, men out there are so just a mess with video games, pornography, whatever else. It's so easy to stand out and be that guy. You know, that um, you you can score multiple women openly w a lot easier than you'd like to think it is. Most men don't know. It's not difficult. Just go for it. Mm -hmm. And yeah. um, best uh, place to source multiple women for the way that you run it? Well, because I'm, I live in the bush. <laughs> I live in the armpit of Germany. <laughs> I use online. But generally, mm -hmm. if I'm a I, I do direct, you know, direct approaches, but I, okay. because I live in the armpit of Germany, I, I use online. How, how do women normally respond when you get to the conversation and how do you get to the conversation? Like I've already got two wives and nine children and 12 ex-wives. It depends on how I feel about the women. If I feel about, you know, if I, if, <laughs> if I think she's attractive and I like her, you know, I'll be, I'll actually be more direct and I'll, mm -hmm. you know, I'll bring it in because I use cocky funny. That's it's my thing. And mm -hmm. so I'll bring it in with jokes. But, you know, when they generally don't joke about that type of stuff and they get that you're saying something, they're not stupid. You know, they, they operate different. They understand subcommunication and subtext better than men usually do. And so I'll drop it in there and make it clear. And you'll catch their response early on. You can see it in their eyes. Like, wait a minute, is this guy serious? He's serious, you know, but she's laughing. And so I just, you know, I, I stick to that program. With women that uh, I have less like for, I'm just directly, I'm like, look, hey, you're going to be number three. Is that the other? And usually that doesn't run them off, even though that's the intention. But And mm -hmm. I know that, but, you know, I'll be more direct with them. Got it. Uh, I got a few questions here from the chat on Facebook, or sorry, on YouTube. Uh, so he lives, no, it's not Qatar. He's in Germany right now. Uh, and we got another one here. If a boom American could move to an ideal environment or country, would it be Southeast Asia or the Middle East or Africa? Asia. Why Asia? Far East Asia. Uh, Asian women, man. Uh, my experience with Asian women, amazing. I find it, I mean, they're naturally just, uh, in a submissive frame already. You know, that doesn't give you like, you know, playroom to just let down your guard. It's just, it, it makes your life easier. Uh, I think everybody knows I'm famous for not tying my shoes. I literally don't tie my shoes. I mean, there's a lot of just basic stuff like that, like putting on my mm -hmm. pants and whatnot in the morning, shirts, all that stuff. She does all that stuff for me, dude. I, so, it's just yeah, it's amazing. Let's, yeah, let's talk about the shoe, t shoe tying. So that that tends to drive some like <laughs> hardcore militant feminists, feminists nuts. So talk about that. Yeah, I mean, 
I don't, I don't know. I don't understand what, what, oh man, where to start with this? Yeah. They, you, you said it yourself. I think it was earlier. You said, you know, that women today are taught not to do anything for the express, express pleasure of a man. And mm-hmm. so obviously tying my shoes is done expressly for my pleasure. And that mm-hmm. just, it makes them break out in fumes. You know, they just go crazy. Their heads explode. What drives me crazy is that you find that a lot of men are actually like, will attack me, you know, what for this they? also. You know, it's yeah. just the weirdest thing, you know. Uh, so, so when I did you that, like when you're in your jacket and you sit down, you're like, yo, babe, can you tie up my shoes for me? Uh, actually, I don't have to ask. She understands I'm going outside, so she brings them. She just asked me which shoes am I putting on because, you know, I have multiple pair of shoes. And so right. she's like, you want the Hugh? Do you want these ones? Do you want the Nikes? So yeah. she'll just ask me which ones I'm putting on, and then she'll bring them and put them on. Nice. Socks yeah. too or just shoes? No, socks, everything. It's the same thing in the bathtub. I, I sit in the bathtub. I have a chair. And I say, babe, I'm going to take a shower. She comes in. She scrubs me. I just sit there. You know, I lift my feet, raise my arm. She does my armpit, scrubs me and everything. This is, this, you know, I can't video that, of course, you know, Islamic yeah. rules. But th- this is how I live. And I, I mean, Asian women in general, they're they're willing to do this. And so I would move to Asia just because it's like, wow. So, I mean, like you find that there's that there's some differences with uh, culture, even if yes. it's within Islam. So if you have an African Muslim, she's less likely to do it than an Asian Muslim. No, the, the, actually, African women are also good. Um, they, they'll do it also. It's just. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Something about Asia has like, I guess I got I get the Asian fetish like everybody else. <laughs> you got a bit of yellow fever. Also. Also, yeah, I guess that it, it hit me. Yeah. So <laughs> you're good. Um, all right. So we got like 10 more minutes. So what else can we talk about before we wrap up here? Like what what should guys know about running game with multiple women that we haven't talked about yet? That's super important. Hmm, what we haven't talked about, it's super important. Oh, man, uh, there's a lot there, man. I don't know. Uh I'm really bad at like freestyling like this on this particular card. Just guys, if you're going to do it, um, just be smart. Look, having a woman, and I said this before, but I'm going to reiterate this point because it's very important. Just because she responds well to you doesn't mean she's going to respond well to another woman just because it's you. You know, and I mean, we, we've had like guys like, you know, the Tates were supposed to be here and they've told plenty of stories about this where, you know, women freak out and they cause a lot of problems. and You just got to get rid of them. So it's not enough that she's into you. She has to be like completely compliant type of woman. And you have to look for this type of woman, you know, and they're out there. Don't, Mm -hmm. you know, don't believe the hype. They are out there. That doesn't mean she's going to be around forever. I mean, I think you guys like to say, what? it's not, it's not my girl. It's just my turn. It's not yours. It's your turn. Yeah. 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 Sometimes you got to let them go and you can't be ashamed of it. You can't be shy. I, it's, you know. Oh, you froze up, dude. You still there? Oh, yeah, I'm going to pull him out of the stream and bring him back. You know, the same thing. You got to be able to, you know, find a woman and then see who she really is. Because you're not going to see who she really back is. Up about about ten seconds because your audio totally froze. Just back oh, up about, about ten gosh, seconds. Yeah, sorry, sorry guys, my internet over here is real crappy. Um, I was saying, um, just because you know she's responding well to you doesn't mean anything. And you know, running game, you know, uh. Some guys out here running game that got like a body count of 200 and whatnot, you know, quite impressive or whatever else. It's the same thing getting married, you know, in Islam, because there's no consequences, just like there's no consequences to one night stands or whatnot, you know, Mm. although it is different. So you got to view it the same way. 
just in the same way you get a rid of a woman in game who's not fitting your lifestyle or what you want, you gotta you do the same thing Islamically. You know, I mean, you can't be ashamed of it, and you can't let people point fingers at you. Oh, well, you got you know twelve X's or whatever else. This like the guy in the comments was saying. I'm not crapping on him. I'm just saying, if I was a player and I had you know two hundred bodies or three hundred bodies, he'd be like, wow, champ. But now when I'm you know bringing women in, vetting them, you know, real time. And looking for like the red flags as they pop up because women are good at hiding the red flags also just like some guys are and sometimes you gotta get rid of them later you know yeah look at these things guys and pay attention to how she functions with other women not just you and i call these pro cooperative attributes you have to look for these things in women you know in terms of how she's going to cooperate you know with your plan and with other women who are within your frame this is a point that a lot of guys don't take when they're trying to run, you know, game. They think, oh, she loves me, so she's going to do anything for me. Yeah, she'll do anything for you, but you put another woman in the in the box, it's like putting two cats in a box. Some cats are going to long, others aren't. And so these are things you have to look at. Is there any merit to letting your wives find new wives? So at least they're kind of doing the pre-vetting so they get along before you even talk to them? I've never had it really work. I mean, every time a woman brings me another woman, they, she's less prettier than her. And I'm like, I'm trying to upgrade or at least go uh, equal. Well, that makes sense, right? Like, why would your <laughs> wives bring in a chick that's younger and hotter than her? Yeah, exactly. She doesn't want to replace herself, right? Yeah, exactly. That's, that's where you're getting the drama from because you're bringing in a brand new model. It's like you've been driving yeah. the same Honda Accord for 200,000 miles. And you're like, you know what? I think I like that new Civic Turbo R SI Model 71. Yeah. You know, and you bring her and you're like, and she looks at her, she's like, Damn, she's hotter and younger than me, man. I'm, yeah. I'm gonna bust out the knife. <laughs> yeah, I had a, actually I ran into a drama with my with my wife that's in UAE. I have a wife in UAE, and she really freaked out because I married a 22 year old German uh, okay. recently. Uh, you know, she really lost it because drop dead beautiful 22 year old German girl. She was cold, totally cool with like multiple eyes and everything, but it just didn't work out. The age difference was pretty significant, and her mentality was pretty bad, you know, because of it. But, uh, but, you know, I, she went epileptic terrorist, you know, the, uh, <laughs> the, the other one. So yeah, stuff got you got to deal with. Got a couple of, uh, we got flex wheeler over here, Mark Daniels. He says, uh, I remember having three going at one time, three steady girls. Plus it had one other woman on the side. It about drove me crazy. I remember saying, God, get me out of this. Yeah. Uh, Brophius <laughs> Maximus. I'm wondering how, it, what is that? Imam reacts yeah, to imam. running game. What is that? Can you explain that? Yeah, I mean, Imam is like a is like a pastor or a preacher. They have a okay. little bit more authority in the Islamic community. I'm using terms that guys will understand because I'm I'm going with the concept and the understanding that most guys are not going to be Muslim viewers. So when I say game, it's not in the sense that you understand game in the West. It's just an easier term for guys to understand and uh, you know associate to what I'm saying. You know, to relate to what I'm actually talking about. But game in the sense, of, you know, running game, it's not the same. It's not what I'm talking about. I just don't know how else to explain it to you. Got it. Um, let me um, throw up. Is Twitter the best place for people to find you at, bro? Yeah, it's the easiest place to get a hold of me. It's the fastest and easiest. All right. So if you want to find uh, Craig, he's at, uh, at Abu American. Uh, he's got a website, as you can see on the bottom, um, abuamerican.com. And you have a program on Gumroad on learning how to vet women for, I guess it's living with multiple women in one house. Indeed. I've got two of it, actually. I just don't advertise a lot. I just, I'm not a really salesy type of guy. Maybe. I've yeah. got one up on running a, a, a polygynous household. It's a video course. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And a lot of people get like, uh, you know, after I listen to this, it doesn't sound like he really knows what he's talking about. Guys, I can assure you, um, like 
one of the things guys say to me, oh, you know, what do you know about running a game? You're like, you're divorce rich. It's like, I can promise you I know a lot more about marriage and divorce than people that are still married. I guarantee I know a hell of a lot more based on my experiences and the thousands of guys that I talk to. So don't discount, you know, somebody's struggles from their past. A lot of the times guys like Craig or I, we do make our wounds our work and that's why we're able to get so creative and solve a lot of these problems later on down the road for ourselves so we don't end up in stupid places like in hospitals stressed out from women yep um yeah let's wrap it up on that note i enjoy talking to you man this was uh this was fun this was fun so that's you can fair, find yeah, him man. yeah so you can find him there um abu american I'm, I'm i'm pointing down like this but it's really like Hang on, let's see if we can get this right, right there. <laughs> Find him over there. But uh, yeah, dude, thanks for joining me on the show today. Uh, thanks guys, for having me. Give it a like, leave a comment below. Um, maybe we'll see if we can get Tristan on at another day because he's got a slightly different angle to the whole um, running multiple women simultaneously. But yeah, thanks, brother. We'll see you later, eh?